listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. We are coming to the end of 2022 and it has been an awesome year for growth on the back of two years of being locked down and absolute hell for music teachers, especially and musicians uh, with these lockdowns and everything. It has been so great to get back in the classroom, to get business up and running again and to be able to connect with so many of our students all around the world and so many of you guys, our listeners, who hopefully have had a wonderful journey with us as we've gone from podcast to podcast, episode to episode, and presented you with a wealth of knowledge from a host of different experts, whether they're guitar teachers, whether they're marketers and everything in between. Today, I've got another very, very special guest who's hopefully going to give you some great insights to how you can hit the ball out the park in 2023. That is Miss Jamie Slutsky from Music Teachers Expand Online. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's always great to have a special guest, and I've got no doubt our listeners are going to love everything that you have to say and share. Now, Jamie, you're not a musician as per se, but you do work with a lot of musicians and music teachers in your business. So why don't you give us a a brief background about how you started doing what you're doing and how you found your niche helping music teachers? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm a techie by trade, by background. I've got my degree in computer science. And when I decided I wanted to stay home and raise my kids, I started just doing the freelance website development stuff. I'm sure everybody understands, you know, the freelance gig environment. It was a great place to kind of switch gears from full time into something that was my my own. And I stumbled upon um, course creation as something that I really enjoyed doing. And then I got to work with a bass guitar teacher back in 2018, I think it was. And I just fell in love with what she offered her students through that course. And I said, I want to work with more music teachers because this is a space that I felt was going to just explode online. And I love, I love everything about the opportunities that music teachers afford their students. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. And it just kind of gradually went from, okay, I'm, te- I'm helping everybody with their tech to, no, I am going to work exclusively with music teachers and really understand the nuances of the industry so that I can create the right experiences for them and their students and the journey and all of that. Fantastic. And obviously, a lot of people made the jump to teaching online within the the lockdowns in the last two years, but a bunch of people are still saying they want to make it and want to get into it. A bunch of people are just completely adverse into it. Why should people be creating an online business or an online course per se? Oh, you know, I think that it is because it allows you to shine. There are, you know, when you're teaching 
in the studio or you're teaching one-on-one, you are creating whatever it is in order for that student to succeed. And you're really catering your lessons and your teaching much more to the individual rather than to the objective. And so I find that when you're creating an online course and teaching online programs and those kinds of things, that you're able to instill the knowledge that someone needs in order to have the success in a much more succinct way where everybody has a better potential of succeeding with it. And it's less hours for you as the teacher when you create a course. But I think that the biggest thing about teaching online is being able to teach what you are most passionate about and not all the extraneous stuff that you kind of have to teach in order to get students to that point or if you're taking students beyond the point that you're most comfortable. Awesome. Now, is this something that people can replace their day-to-day teaching hours with or is it something that supplements an existing kind of in-person teaching business? How should someone go about it and how do they know what to aim for? You know, I think that the best place to start is to plan on it being supplemental income and then grow and nurture that online environment and it can become replacement income. It can swap things out. So if you're currently working with 30, like maybe 30 hours a week teaching and you've got two or three students that are like, you know what, I'm not going to continue on. Instead of filling those two or three hours a week with Uh, another student, dedicate those to this new venture. And instead of having the income from two or three one-on-one students, you start to leverage the one-to-many approach and you're able to build this using the time that you had already dedicated and allocated to teaching. You just kind of shift it and then you can continue on from there to when another student says they're not going to continue on or you want to change directions of things, and you can increase what you're doing in the online space. Yeah. So it's more of a gradual replacement of uh, less enjoyable work with the the work you enjoy more doing with the course and, and maybe even niching down on what you actually like teaching and enjoy teaching. That's my belief that I think is one of the ways that it feels tangible and doable for a lot of teachers, because it's scary. It's scary to say, I'm putting all my eggs in this one basket. And what happens if it doesn't work? I mean, there's always that what if. So if we do it gradually and just kind of build courses that make sense or build online programs that make sense in tandem with and gradually shift from one to the other or create some level of hybrid that makes sense for you. Yeah. What advice would you give to those crazy people who either do want to put all their eggs in one basket and are just like 2023, after two years of being locked down, they thought this was going to be their year. They got back into teaching. They realized that they didn't actually like it that much or they're way too frustrated or burned out from it. And they do actually just want to make 100% switch to online. What kind of advice would we give to those kind of people? Oh, you know, I think that the advice I would give is get super specific on who you are creating your material and content for and what they're going to get from it. So get really, really clear on that subset of the population that you want to serve and then 
create your free content, your social media content, your emails, your YouTube or your shorts or whatever you're creating with that person in mind and really focus on building a loyal following so that people are excited about what it is that you have to offer and go big. You know, you can definitely go big, but in order to go big, you have to have an audience to sell to. I have not been a social media maven by any stretch of the imagination, but when you're specific, you are able to bring the right people in at the right time, and it makes it a lot easier to sell your product, to sell your courses, to sell your membership or your whatever you're doing online when you're known for that thing. Awesome. And I I do want to come back to what you said about audiences, because I think that's something really important to touch on. But I had one more question in relation to actually going and building an online course. I think from what I've noticed, and just an observation is there seems to be a huge saturation of the market just with everyone saying, yep, I'm going to make a course, I'm going to sell it. There's just so many people out there making courses, selling them online. Is it too saturated? Should people just stick to offline because there's way too many people going online? What, What should happen there? Well, considering everything I do is all about expanding online, I would definitely say, no, you're, it's not too saturated. What is too saturated is the beginner courses, is the, you'll learn everything, like the, the big, huge courses the, and the beginner courses and the ones that are generalists, the ones that you can use to really create a name for yourself are the really super specific courses. You. That's how we're going to create success online in 2023 and beyond is by saying, okay, well, I don't need to create a course that's going to teach people what the treble clef looks like. They don't need that anymore. They need something deeper. They need something that really taps into where you are and where you want to take them. Um, So we get to be, and we don't need to be generalists. We get to be specialists. And I think that's where there is so much room online. And the other thing that's really cool online is that because we're going to be a lot of specialists, there's the opportunity to create relationships with other course creators, with other music teachers, so that you know, students can bounce from your course to someone else's course back to your next course. And you can create a network where students are able to learn from multiple teachers, these very specific things and become a better player in the process and be really be able to tap into their own musicality. I think that's uh, an awesome thing to put forward because I think, um, and I've had a conversation with someone else about this is musicians generally keep everything close to their heart. And they often see everyone else as a competitor. And that's something I think stems from when you're a kid, when you first start out, you're always somewhat envious or skeptical of other musicians because they're somehow going to take your spot or be better than you or whatever. And that somehow breeds into like the local band scene where you're envious of all the other bands and you don't want to get outplayed or outperformed. And whatever reason, it goes into other into our teaching. Whereas, yeah, we, we kind of often see other teachers as competitors when if we actually see them as collaborators of people we can work with, uh, as you said, we can create these really awesome networks and everyone can learn and help each other and grow together. Yeah. And you don't have to teach the stuff you don't want to do because you th- someone else is going to be teaching that stuff. <laughs> That's it. And one last little point to add to that is the whole fact that um, 
rather than putting in all the hard work to build something out that you don't like, you just find someone else who can go take care of them in the interim. Uh, and not to mention, I know myself, I've bought courses and resources from many teachers or many you know, online businesses or guitar schools or things like that. So it's not like someone's only going to buy something from you and never buy from anyone else. Um, people love collecting courses from a whole bunch of people. And if you put out good stuff, they're still going to keep on coming back to you for future installments of whatever you've got. Exactly. Exactly. You're speaking my language. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking of language, you mentioned before uh, followers. How does or What is a following and how does one go about growing a following? Okay, so social media 101. Here we go. No, I'm kidding. But essentially, on social media, as you put out content, you're going to create it in a way that it is going to be attractive for the type of person that you want to eventually take your course or your program or whatever it is. And they're going to just simply follow you. They're going to join your Facebook group. They're going to friend you on Facebook. Um, They're going to follow your YouTube channel, follow you on TikTok, wherever you might be, that's that's a follower. That is somebody who is saying, I'm kind of interested in what's going on here. We take that follower and we do our best to build a relationship with them. That can be done through Facebook DMs or Instagram DMs. That can be done through building and nurturing an email list, which is one of my favorite things to talk about and to do. And the idea is taking these random people who are online all over the world and creating a two-way conversation with them so that you can create more content that encourages them to say, yes, this is the right teacher for me. This is somebody who has my ideas in mind and is really able to um, see your vision for where you could take them and, and, and sign up and to, to follow, to go with you. Now you don't need to have a huge following to have good online success. I have clients who have done five figure launches or six figure, you know, years, like they've been able to have major success with a thousand or 2000 followers that that's small in, in the scheme of things. I mean, You don't need to have a massive following. You just have to have the right followers. I mean, there's no point if you're teaching guitar for you to have a bunch of people who are interested in piano following you. That just doesn't make sense. No, it's interesting you say that. I I watched a a recent interview with a guy called Alex Hormozzi, who you might be familiar with. Uh, And he was with another YouTuber called Graham Stephen, who's more of like a financial guru. And they were having like a a conversation and Graham Stephen goes, oh, if I knew what you knew about business, uh, I'd be a multimillionaire. And Alex Hormozzi said back to him, if I had your audience, I would be a billionaire. Obviously, Alex Hormozzi's got about 200,000 followers and Graham Stephen's, I think, four or five million or something. So there's this interesting connection of worlds where your business marketing smarts, if you can align that with a huge audience, which is what a lot of these YouTubers are getting now and social media gurus and influencers are starting to have these people with huge audiences meeting these people who have always targeted to small amounts of niche. Uh, And there's going to be this collision of these two worlds, which I think is going to be totally awesome when that happens and something that everyone who is either creating a YouTube channel, selling online courses, or even building their offline businesses should take notice of. 100%. Absolutely. And I think that you you touched on something there that I just want to call out, which is 
you can have a big following and not have an income to show for it. And you can have a smaller following and have an income that far exceeds the expectation of that following size. So like they don't have to be related, yet the likelihood of having a higher income with a larger following is definitely there. That's it. I remember way back in music business class, uh, I can't remember the exact figure, but the, the lecturer that we had basically said something along the lines of, you know, Metallica make, makes more money from 2% of their fans than the other 98%. And I now know that as, you know, the 80-20 principle, Pareto principle and things like that. But I was like quite shocked. And he sort of talked about a book called A Thousand True Followers or something like that. And it was like literal, there's a, uh, Metallica makes more money from their most dedicated thousand fans who go to 40 shows out of their 50-date US tour, who buy every single CD, uh, every collector's item, who go into the $1,000 draw to have a uh, Metallica play at their barbecue, things like that. So when you have the right audience and you really double down and get some of those super fans, like you can absolutely strike gold with just a small audience. Yes, I am right there with you. I love it, love it, love it. Now for those um, before you mentioned saying something about building a mailing list, so what does someone need to start building their mailing list and and getting in touch with these followers and, and list building? Oh, list building 101. No, (laughs) I I feel like we're just going through the 101s, which is good because it's really important to go back to the basics. You have to know why you're building this email list. You have to make sure that you're building it for the right people. I like to have people sign up for my, my email list and for my clients to have them, people sign up for their email lists based on an interest or a desire. So Students who want to accomplish something or learn something or are interested in whatever it is that you're passionate about that you think you're going to be offering in some way, shape or form. That's what we want to use. It's like the the carrot that we dangle in front of them saying, if you sign up for my email list, I'm going to give you this guide. I'm going to give you this lesson. I'm going to give you this tablature, like whatever it might be. You want to give them something so that there's a value exchange. They're giving you their email address. You're giving them something of value. It's not a financial exchange, but there's still a value exchange. And that creates the next level of the relationship. Once someone signs up for that freebie or that value exchange, you want to nurture them. You want to say, Here's your freebie. Here's your gift. But there's more. I want to. I want to start a relationship with you. I want to help you actually use this piece of content that you have downloaded from me. I am going to send you more emails, and that's where you lead them into a welcome sequence where they get a. You know, they get used to seeing your emails in their inbox because the sooner that we get them used to opening your emails, the more likely they are going to buy from you when you have something to sell. Awesome. Really, really cool stuff. Now, list building is obviously a really, really important thing. But before you also mentioned social media 101, I'm not going to ask you basic social media questions, but might maybe something you can give us a better insight into uh, with just how do people get started in terms of there's more social media platforms than ever. There's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's more and more getting added all the time. Where do people begin? Do we need to be on all of them at the same time? Do we pick one and just stick with that? What do we do? Uh, The best recommendation I have is to go where your audience is. If you are targeting and want to teach people who are 
in their 30s, their 20s, or their teens, they're more likely to be on Instagram than they are going to be on Facebook. That being said, if you are targeting people who are a little bit older, and I'm going to use 30s again, but 30s, 40s, and above, they're going to be on Facebook. So I would say those two platforms right now are still the top platforms for people to be on. If you if you want to go crazy and have just a ton of fun and experiment, YouTube Shorts are great. TikTok is great. I'm not on either of them. So I don't play with those at all. But I can tell you that getting to know the vibe and following people and seeing what resonates with the ideal person that you want to attract is going to help you a lot on the platform. So let's say you're starting out on Instagram, you're creating your account for the very first time, you go on there, how do you start? Well, you're probably going to follow a few guitar accounts. That's not the right approach. Because you don't want a bunch of guitar accounts to be following you. You want your ideal uh, potential students to be following you and to be getting information from you. So get clear on who these students are and what they might be posting about and what they might be interested in. And be curious. Use the use the reels. Use the explore. Just play around with it. But not necessarily following a whole bunch of guitar accounts, because then you're just going to be followed by a bunch of other guitar accounts. You can definitely poke in and take a look at what some of the guitar accounts are posting. So you can see what's being, what's resonating with other people and start following their followers and not every single one of their followers. Be a little discerning, but start following the people who have useful comments. You know, if somebody posts a really cool, you know, if someone posts a reel that is them playing a tune or playing something or jam or whatever it might be, and you see that there's a lot of likes on it, and then you also see that there's a bunch of comments, go and look at the comments, see who's posting really, really cool comments and start engaging with them and follow them and then create more content that gets them to um, interact with your account. That's some great advice. And I, I have actually noticed YouTube, uh, as you start commenting now, it's showing how many followers you have. And it's almost like that's going to become a bit more like the Instagram and Facebook where you have more interaction with people and messaging and, and the chat kind of functions might be coming to YouTube. I'm, I'm just guessing at this, but that's a, a really great little strategy. You said interacting with other people's audiences. Yes, absolutely. I would say that is the best way to grow on Instagram is to interact with the audiences that your peers have um, cultivated because you're going to be teaching something slightly different than them, but they, they've already done a lot of the legwork. They've done some really good stuff. So it's, it, it's advantageous to just kind of insert yourself into those conversations. Now, it's just started raining very heavily here, so hopefully that's not going to come through too much on the audio there. Uh, very strange weather we're having here in the land of Oz <laughs> as of recent. <laughs> I think uh, I was telling Jamie we had snow in summer, and uh, that's pretty much that unheard of in Australia, crazy. but very, very interesting times. Um, but guys, we'll just persevere. Please ignore the background noise. We'll leave that to our awesome editing team at Top Music to take care of. Now, 
that's some really, really solid advice for social media. What are some secrets for growing an online teaching business, whether it's through social media, whether it's uh, through list building? What's some really juicy stuff that uh, our listeners can you know, put to great use in 2023? Get to know the people that you want to take your course. I mean, it's the same thing I've been saying the whole time. We're not selling to robots. We're not selling to the algorithms. We're selling to people. So don't be afraid to comment on something and say, yeah, can we take this to the DMs? Can we have a conversation? Can we have this on email? Can we connect over, you know, Zoom or whatever it might be? And Get to a point where you're comfortable talking to people. (laughs) That is probably the biggest thing that separates the most successful from the least successful. If people just put something out there and hope that Google is going to to share it out to the world, anytime someone says, I want to learn how to play guitar. You're not going to be at the top of Google. So you have to find other ways to get in front of the people. And that is by being personable. And don't expect to be an overnight success because the fastest way to become an overnight success is one day at a time. And some really, really solid advice there. And my listeners have definitely heard me say is if you want to get the stuff that no one has, you have to do the things that no one else is willing to do. You can't just put it out there, like you said, and hopeful, hope that Google's going to promote it. You have to be so proactive in getting it out there and sharing. And anything that makes you uncomfortable, that's what you should go and do and keep on doing it till you're no longer uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable talking to people, go out there and make a whole bunch of new friends until you get that part of it. And it's just like uh, an RPG game. I think I was telling a couple of my other coaching clients uh, about... Um, Imagine life's like a video game. I used to play like this game called RuneScape and World of Warcraft. If you're a wizard, you obviously have like magic skills. If you're a warrior, you've got strength and endurance and all these kind of things. You kind of want to think of your entrepreneurial character or the avatar you put out as having certain skills. But until you start actually building on those skills in real life by having interactions, by putting hours into things, into taking courses, you don't actually level up those skills and talents which you need in real life. So rather than play a video game, think about yourself as the main character in your own game or your own movie and then put the points into what you need to develop to become successful in whatever venture it is. You've already done it with your musical ability. You've put 10,000 hours into guitar, tons and tons of points. And even with that, a blues player has very different skills to a jazz player, to a classical player and everything in between. So I really do like this content, uh, this uh, example, this concept of um, building out a video character or a Dungeons and Dragons kind of RPG character, do the same thing with your entrepreneurial skills and your whole world will change. Oh, I love that. And it is so true that when we put ourselves and our interests and our goals into the middle of a puzzle and we try and work the different pieces, that's kind of how I like to refer to it. It's like, okay, so we're going to spend a little bit of time on the social media stuff and we're going to figure out how to make that work. And then, okay, we're going to spend a little bit of time on the email stuff and figure out how to make that work. And we keep working on the different section of the puzzle so that all of a sudden you are that overnight success. I mean, it takes a lot of fiddling. It takes a lot of experimentation. I said it when you asked me in my intro. I started by doing freelance websites and stumbled into courses. 
And now here I am over a decade later, so specific that I work with music teachers who are creating one-to-many programs. They're creating courses, they're creating membership sites, they're creating workshops, they're creating group programs. I have gotten so specific through moving all those puzzle pieces around until I found something that fit for me. Yeah. And it's worth adding that you don't have to get it right the first time. Obviously, it's really good if you can strike gold the first time and just have everything take off and go well. But often it's iteration after iteration, trying a bunch of ideas that don't necessarily work all that well. Don't make just um, you know shots in the dark and, and not do your research or your due diligence and go, this sounds like a cool idea. Let's try it out. Obviously, you want to have uh, some education uh, and guidance behind what you're doing and and try and work smarter and not just rely on luck randomly. But Everything anyone does, whether that's failing at your instrument for the first couple of years and sucking for a couple of years, then you eventually get good at it and then you iterate and you improve. And before you know it, you're you're an expert or a pro. So guys, never be afraid of failing. And um, if you've looked at any of my Guitar Ninjas kind of stuff, you can look at some of the original videos from three years, four years ago. And I stutter, I stammer, I, I really struggle with some of them. And then now... I still stutter, I still stammer every now and then, but it's nowhere near as much. And after putting in tons and tons of hours doing that, you get better at it. And eventually you'll be able to put out more consistently good products. And if you've got the audience, you've been building them the whole long, the whole time along, then of course you're going to have people there waiting to take whatever it is you put out. Absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking back, I mean, my podcast is almost five years old. I've got over 250 episodes. The first 100 episodes was a different name. Like the podcast wasn't even the same name. It was much more general. It was just kind of doing things um, that kind of made sense. And then that kind of just kept funneling into where I am now. But there are people who are on my email list and who are following me on social media who have been around since the beginning of the podcast. They resonated with it. They were music teachers as it happened and they resonated with the message. And then as I got more specific and I got clearer on who I was creating the podcast for and who I was creating all of my content for, they were able to stick around. There were also a ton of fitness professionals on my list when I started my podcast and they have just fallen by the wayside and it's been fine. I also know that like several of those fitness professionals have referred me to the music teachers in their spaces. So even if you are like, okay, I'm going to, you know, become known at, to the, for teaching classical guitar and you realize, you know what, I don't want to teach classical guitar. I want to teach jazz. Make the pivot. See where it takes you. The people who need to fall off will fall off and they very well could recommend you to other people. So no time that you're spending doing something productive is time wasted, even if it doesn't take you ultimately to where you're going to monetize things. That's some really, really solid advice there. Coming near the end of our questions here, what are the mistakes you see music teachers making over and over again when they do try and start an online business or a course? Not building an audience. <laughs> I bet you knew that one was coming. But um, also when you're building a course, making sure or the music teachers who struggle the most with their courses are ones who create the course that they think people want instead of finding out what people need and what people want. So let's say that you are wanting to create, you know, whatever course it is, and you just 
go and create it instead of surveying the audience and getting to understand their language, understand what their wants are, understand how to get them there. You're going to create a better course if you have conversations with people. You're going to create a better course when you create it for the audience that you're cultivating and not saying, hey, audience, I've got this course for you. Like you're creating it with them and they feel invested in it. The other thing is not pre-selling and not validating. I mean, if you say, I'm going to create this course and you've had those conversations with people, they're probably going to be like, okay, yeah, I will buy this before it's ready and plan on starting it, you know, whenever it's available. And that's the pre-selling. And that is further validation because people actually put their money where their mouth is. So it's, it's really important. Yeah, really, really important to get buy-in before you spend 16 weeks creating a course. Yes, you don't want to learn that one the hard way. That's a totally <laughs> bad lesson to learn that way. But some, again, really, really solid advice there. Now, are there any favorite books you could recommend that our listeners go and check out, whether it's books or it might be specific podcasts or because there's so many ways of actually taking in media these days. It's not necessarily what's your favorite book anymore. But is there a particular book or a podcast or something you could recommend that our listeners go and check out? Well, other than my podcast, of course, the Music Teachers Expand Online. But, you know, I um, am a fan of the book called Ask. I've got it in my bookcase here. Um, can't remember who it's by. I have it right there. Ryan Levesque. That's it. Ryan Levesque. It's a book called Ask. It came out of four or five years ago. And it's just a really good way of getting that feedback from your audience. So creating surveys and asking questions and just just being curious. So that would probably be a book that comes top of mind for me. It's like, it, that's a book that I go back to pretty regularly. I mean, I, if anybody could see me, I was like literally just looking over at my bookcase because it's sitting right on top. That's awesome. So add that one to your list there, guys. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on to the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. Just quickly, you've mentioned that you are from the Music Teachers Expand Online Podcast. Where else can our listeners connect with you online and on social media? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm at Jamie Slutsky. That's J-A-I-M-E-S-L-U-T-Z-K-Y. Um, and I'm on Jamie Slutsky on Facebook as well. Those are my, my two places. Am. But the podcast is probably the easiest because you're listening to a podcast right now. And um, I, all my links are in my podcast uh, show notes, generally speaking, as well. Thank you so much. Well, guys, you know where to find Jamie. You go and check out her stuff there. And guys, just on behalf of myself and the rest of the team at Top Music, thank you so much for tuning in and listening in. It has been so awesome to launch the podcast earlier this year. And here we are in December 2022, 30 three or 34 episodes later. We cannot wait to continue this journey with you in the new year. So stay, stay safe, have a Merry Christmas, have a happy holiday, and we will see you and help you make 2023 the year where you dominate and make all your dreams come true. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you in the next year. If you enjoy this show and want to hear more of our work, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. For links and resources mentioned in this episode, including a free ebook on how to find more guitar students, visit us at www.topmusic.co slash guitar or check out the show notes. And lastly, thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.